Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toffee, toffee. It's black cap. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Up and down. Well done. Bye bye. Hello dear viewer and listener and people not doing either but they won't know will they because they're not doing either and welcome to ABW Live. Today we will be singing the praises of Mustafi and Ozil like we have never done before and with me to help do that wonderfulness is Carl. All right, like, like your trains Carl, always late, we were ready half hour ago. So you couldn't just keep it a secret could you, you just had to just out my business like that. <laughs> All right, that's fine, that's fine, I'll see how Good. this today's going to go. Yes, but then um, then you were nice to me after when we were picking on the pirate. Talking of pirates, here he is. Plenty of booty in the background. We've been going through people's bins because uh, the seas are too rough to go plundering there. You know, like your cheeky monkey? Oh, we can't say monkey, can we? Because YouTube won't let me use it. You know, I do that nano nano cheeky monkeys. YouTube said no. Yep, not not happening. I'm all right. Yes, I'm I'm here for I'm here for a short time, but a good time today. That's a story of my love life back in the eighties, nineties. <laughs> There was none in the 80s. I was a child. Get on oh, with it. Here we go. There's some... Uh... Oh, thank you very much, Carl. I almost forgot Carl um, being in charge, and we'll point out that straight away. J-Rob, no message. J-Rob doesn't do messages. J-Rob just donates and then leaves. That's two shiny euros. If anybody is... Uh, when you go on holiday, Chris, will you be using euros? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. I won't have any a... choice in the modern world. I don't know what they use in there, do they? It's like medieval ages over in that country. No, it's euros. Is it? Mm, there are quite mm. a few that isn't. Oh, we are. It's all started already. Where is that Welsh idiot? Is <laughs> Stefan in any WhatsApp groups with Jace? Because this could get messy, people. I shall let you know. Um, Joshua Page oh. is Chris. How, oh, it's Carl. I was going to say, did you see uh, Aaron Ramsey's goal uh, yesterday? Quite yeah, good. I did. Slid on his knees. I thought that was quite daring of a man with no knees. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Josh asks, uh, how are the Pirates getting along, Chris? It's a close game today, wasn't it? Yeah, I lost 3-0 to the top of the league today, unfortunately. But played well. Yeah, I can't complain. But, um, yeah, such is life. Doing all right, though. We, we're staying together and we've got a lot of injuries at the moment, which doesn't help. Uh, Mr Waffles from the US of A, David, says, oh, look, it's Johnny Depp's cousin. Have you ever heard that before, Chris? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I'll take it. D certainly not the case, but I'll take it. Righto. As you two are pros, we will do this as we go along. If anybody puts the word question with a question, Carl or Chris, let me know. And then we can do the questions as they're relevant as we're going through the show rather than waiting to the end. We are going to do this in 45 minutes because the pirate has been picked up. Unfortunately, not by a UFO, but by um, someone in uh, another form of transport. Where are we? Right straight to my notes. First minute, Chris. Goal! Ceballos gives away a sloppy foul. Sigurdsson, which I've said wrong, free kick, flies in. Cola, Mustafi and Louise look lost as Calvert spins midair, almost like something out of the Matrix, uh, whilst horizontal, did it hit Louise's foot as it went in? Uh, what do you want me to add to that? <laughs> did it? Did it hit his foot? Because there was a lot. I, I, I was. I must admit, I was still in my bedroom because Dora yeah. was giving me puppy eyes, and she didn't want to get off the. She's a cat. No, it, it was the bed. It, it, it was a good. It was a good piece of centre forward play. Um, I thought it was a foul, by the way. Oh, but, there you um, go. Why? Well, it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. They don't get given, but technically, that's dangerous play. His, his foot is way above, way above the player's head. Um, and um, to quote Alex Ferguson, he could have killed him. But um, uh -huh. you 
I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's given against you, it's a foul. If it goes for you, it's not. Um, no, no sour grapes. We won the game, I'm just saying. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been a foul. And I didn't think there was... When you saw the replay, I was quite surprised I didn't check it for long. But no, um, not a great start. Um, defensively, we we were a bit all over the shop. Um, I thought sort of Louis, Louis just slightly misjudged it, you know, which can happen. Um, but it just, it just had that sort of reek of a team that weren't quite sort of focused from the first whistle, which I guess Arteta will be drilling into them tomorrow morning. But in the in the interest of time, because um, I know we've got a lot to get through here, but yeah, not great defending. Um, good finish. And to be fair to Calvert-Lewin, he's cutting himself quite a reputation as a finisher at the moment. Fair play to him. But um, yeah, suspicion of a foul. But nevertheless, it gave us the wake up we probably needed at that point. Do you not think it was bad defending as well? Because if Kalasinac yeah. had left, if it, I think it was Sidibe, yeah. um, he would have been offside. So yeah. why he's wrestling with Sidibe, I, I have no idea. And that's the, the questionable thing about that whole mm, lead yeah. up to the goal. And yeah. you think to yourself, someone who's smarter, like he had no interest in the ball at all. He's, you yeah. know, obviously that was his man and he was yeah. chosen to man mark Sidibe and that's what he's done. But for me, that's, yeah, mm, yeah very, very silly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's it's a very it's a very Arsenal esque goal, isn't it? And certainly in recent times, though, where we just aren't switched on and we're too focused on what's going on around us rather than the ball and getting rid of it. So, yeah, not not great, I would say. Yes, just made Nikki Wilson a moderator in our chat box. Remember, um, Nikki is there, and so is Richard. Uh, we don't we don't ban people. Don't get all uh, uh, what was it when um, prefects? You know, there was snotty prefects, just horrible to everyone. Only only ban people, you two, if people are absolute arseholes. Give them a warning first. But yeah, we don't. We're not a channel where we go banning. And the amount of times I've been banned from live chats, you would probably easily believe it is it is quite a lot. So yeah, be nice. But uh, yeah, none of the rest of APW here. The rest, the other five hundred of them haven't bothered turning up to do any kind of moderation. And and Chris is is too busy making notes. So uh, yes, that was uh, very annoying. The fact that we let a goal in so early on. And uh, I think there was a stat going around that Arsenal this season had let in more goals in the first X amount of minutes than any other team, which I thought was a little bit worrying. Uh, next bit I've got down. Here we go. Eighth minute, Carl. Iwobi down our left. Kola looking worried as he is split between covering at left back and covering at centre back. Do you think our players have just gone in um, and not ready? Or do you think Everton have gone right? Look, they start off slow. We need to get in there because quite often this in the Arteta part of the season, we often have started the first half off quite slowly, haven't we? Uh, before I answer that, I'm going to say thank you to Gunner93, uh, who has... Danny, what currency is that you should know? CHF. You know, I, I I know my currencies, but I don't know what CHF is. Um, anyway. Either way, Gunner 93, thank you very much. But, uh, okay, I'll press on. Um, yes, Iwobi was looking very dangerous, and I'm not even going to lie to you when I say... Oh, it's Swiss francs, Carl. Oh, well, thank you, uh, Gunner 93. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be honest with you. I put a pound on Iwobi to score or assist a goal because it was that sort of game it was looking at um, that he was going to. He was looking very dangerous. And Kalasinac, he's come straight in. I think it may have been maybe a game too early uh, just because he just seemed to be a bit all over the place. And uh, this wasn't the game for him. Everton are, are a very good squad, sort of very good team. And they can 
definitely punish us. And I think they must have targeted Kolasinac because they were down that side and he did look all a bit out of sorts, which is a bit worrying for us. But, um, I mean, luckily, um, luckily, um, Iwobi didn't, after that, he didn't really do too much. I mean, he had his chances. He just looked a bit lively, but yeah, it was, it was worrying. And I think Kolasinac was just, I think he was back just maybe uh, a game too early. Mm. Question here for you, Chris. Um, Rocky underscore seven underscore GTUK says, uh, is a become ABW becoming super chat only? No, it isn't. He's and he asked before that, can he get a, uh, a shout out? We don't usually do shout outs, but just to prove that we're loving. Do you want to say hello to him, Chris? Yes. Rocky. Hello. Hello, Rocky. There you go. Yeah. That's why people don't ask because it's incredibly <laughs> underwhelming. Talking of being incredibly underwhelming. Jason <laughs> fucking Davis says, tappy fucking tappy. That's it. He's, he's using one of those Welsh keyboards again. It's only got four letters, all of which are vowels. So, yeah, good luck with that. And, and, and cheers. Uh, oh, here we go. And a message from uh, Mr. Waffles. I'm oddly encouraged by this win. If we can win ugly, win convincingly, and win in a slugfest, don't know. See that as a positive. It's right, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. 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 I, I think that basically sums it up quite well, doesn't it? Going, yeah, going behind and showing resilience to come back is, is a good thing. I'd still like it. I'd still prefer it if we just won 3-0 every week. But, um, yeah, it shows resilience that you're able to come back, especially from going behind that early to a team that's, let's not forget, a team that are a rival for European place and in good form. I think only, only Man City and Liverpool have taken more points since Ancelotti's gone to Everton. Yeah, that's So, correct. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's not, they're not a bad side, are they? They're certainly not the Everton that we've played in the past. Hmm. Carl, read that comment from Daryl Kane and then talk about it a little bit while I go and do some tweetings for the show. Oh, are you sorry? Read that comment from Daryl Kane that's on the screen while I do some tweets. I'll be honest with you, I don't know. What, on our screen? Sorry. Um, I'll... I thought you'd just be looking at it, wouldn't it? I've highlighted it. No, you haven't. Highlighted have what? Daryl Kane's message. You read it out and I, I can't see it. Okay, Daryl Kane says, I love how Xhaka and Ceballos control their midfield, which allows Ozil to get involved where he sees fit, which we noticed a lot of that in the second half, didn't we? I think Ceballos was absolutely brilliant today. I think he, I, I think I saw him tackle more today than I think I've ever seen him in any other game. Uh, I don't know if that says more about the game or anything else, but for me, he definitely put his foot in. He was around the pitch. He... Did a a proper what a number eight you'd expect a number eight to do? He was literally out uh, putting his foot in. I loved the way he kind of uh, he put his foot in on uh, Richardson a, a few times, which I, I very much like. Um, he definitely uh, stood out today. I think I think he was definitely someone uh, someone who. I blow hot and cold on him. Sometimes you look at him and you think, do you know what? If we put in a cheeky thirty million pound bid, would Real take it? Probably, maybe. I don't know. And it's sometimes you see him play uh, before his injury. It's kind of like, mm, I'm not too sure on him. But you know, there's a few games left, and you know, our midfield is is not the best. You know, let's let's be honest with you. And uh, he can definitely play his way into the thinking of maybe we can keep him. Yeah, I think your point where you said um, the first part of the season, he tended to be playing in the Ozil hole, and I don't think that's really set for him, is it? He needs to be able to do much more running, 
going deep, getting the ball, getting stuck in, like you were saying today, getting stuck in with the tackles. Uh, a couple of notes I've made. Um, uh, we have made three good attempts at through balls through the middle of their defence already. I like that. Now, that's something I've said in previous games, that we are doing far too many crosses and not enough through balls, which is the kind of thing that Iwobi, that Iwobi, not Iwobi, who's playing on the Saka on the left and Obama Young up front, because when you've got, I suppose, even Pepe on the right, if you put through balls to those, which we saw Ozil do, Especially in, in towards the, the end, um, the, the beginning, yeah, the beginning of the second half, Özil did some fantastic. As soon as he got the ball, he was giving it out wide to Saka. But we'll come to that later. Fourteenth minute, Chris uh, Kolasinic takes an elbow to the cheek, not an arrow to the knee. Skyrim. <laughs> Uh, and lands on his shoulder should it have been a yellow card and then the game was paused for five minutes what did you think were you worried mm, not i mean not worried as such because zach has been in such great form but it doesn't help another injury doesn't help another shoulder to join kieran Tierney. it's ironic that he could be coming back as kolasinac goes out with what looks like the same injury um but you know, Saka came on and obviously will come on to his contribution. Thought he did very, very well. I don't think he, I don't think it's a yellow card. I think it's just one of those coming together's situations. Um, you know, maybe a bit overly physical, but it's one of those. You know, if 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 it, if it, if the player doesn't cause it, or if there isn't an injury cause, he just gets up, they shake hands, and get on with it. So, yeah, not not for me. But no, I wasn't particularly worried because, as we said, Saka's been in really good form and. Um, uh, I was going to say like for like replacement. Technically, he's not, but um, in the position he's been playing recently, he is. So, yeah, it's luckily the one position we had direct cover for. Good. Right. Question for you, Carl, from John Bernstein. How many assists will Saka have by the end of the season? And to help you with this, in Arteta's run of 12 games as manager, we have uh, won six, drawn five, lost one, scored 19, conceded 10, five clean sheets. His top goal scorers under Arteta, Obama Young five, Pepe, Martinelli and Lacazette are on, and then and Ketia on two. But assists in all those games, Pe- Saka's got four, Pepe three, Lacazette two, if that helps. I think, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to put any numbers on Saka. I want to say uh, 100, I want to have 100 assists. I think that's but, a good guess, uh, yes. Yeah, but I, I don't know. But I, all I know is that at the moment he's playing very, very well. Uh, whether left back is his position, I don't know because we'll get on to in the second half. But in the second half, he he was having some very wayward passes and his position wasn't his position wasn't the best. But you know he, he's eighteen years old and um, even his assist for the first goal, which we'll probably talk about in a minute, but it was brilliant and. You know, I think I personally think he should play higher up the pitch. I think he can affect the game much, much more. If he had like a proper defender, like you know, Tyranny or um Kolasinac behind him, you could say, Yeah, it's brilliant because he could play left wing, uh, and you could put a Bamiyang in the middle, which I personally think that's where he should be playing. But for me, Saka is 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 a talent. He really is. He's, he's come along so well, and you know I, I I don't want to hype him up too much because we tend to do this like with you know some of our youngsters. We they have a run of games. We think oh he's the best thing since sliced bread, and then we put all our hopes and dreams into them, and then they end up not being very good. But from what we've seen of him so far, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I think he's very very good. I think so confident. You know, yeah, he, he likes to take on people and that sometimes it gets him into a few problems. And uh, But he, he's 18 years old. He's 18 and he, he's going to 
you know, he worked that out of his game. I think, um, I don't think left back is his position. I really do think he should play heart of the pitch. I think if he had, because he likes to get forward. And if he had a confident left back who likes to defend someone like Kieran Tierney, like I said, behind him, I think you'll see much more out of him. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Rudy Rastos makes the point, Rastlos. For me, Sadibe needed to get a red. His elbow was out. I think if you go in with your elbow out, then that's trouble. Dave Atkinson says, uh, we were always going to struggle in the last 20 minutes because we had three games in the last week where, as Everton were sitting in the sun with their feet up for the last two weeks. So in the end, a great result. Chris, do you think that's why we've seen the likes of Eddie starting games? And why Kalasnic started on the left because uh, normally you wouldn't want a more defensive player when you're playing at home, would you? But uh, yeah, we can't go playing all of our best players every single game, can we? Or can no, we? No, even though it was a balance, it was a balance that Arteta in the end proven to get exactly right. You know, a narrow victory in Greece means that he can probably play um, less, well, not lesser players, but can probably rest a few in the home leg because we've gone out, essentially got the job done early, which I've always. I always prefer us to try and do, you know, try and win the first leg, especially if you're away. And then, in theory, against the side that don't travel particularly well, you should be able to get the job done at home. Although, obviously, they played Spurs off their own pitch, so you've got to be a bit careful. Um, and then, not that that's hard. And then um, we um, we we sort of used the lineup and used the squad today. And and I think that's probably why you saw the likes of Torreira and Lacazette not not starting and and Saka not starting. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I think it worked out quite well. Martinelli wasn't even in the squad, um, so Crisis on the bench. So yeah, I think think the the changes made sense. And like like um, really said, you know, three games in just over a week. It's um, it's not just the games; it's also all the training and the preparation that goes into the games. So yeah, I wasn't surprised by the changes today. I know Wenger's gone, but it's always good to compare Arteta to Wenger because that's probably where he learned a lot of his trade or, or was influenced a lot. But we used to see with Wenger, if, when he, like when Iwobi first came in, Iwobi would just play all the time. And it seems that Arteta is going, you're really good, but you're not playing every game. And then you're going to get dropped and then you're going to be on the bench and then you're going to come on. He seems to be rotating the squad. And I think what we saw from the Olympiacos game, he's taken the Europa League seriously, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And, and he's playing players that are either training well or when they're in form they're in the side and when they're off form they're outside or when they when they drop even a slight level they're outside that's good that's good to see here we go carl a question from a rugby loving person you can tell by the question is mustafi a shoe in from the ballon d'or from uh oh it's from jason so i didn't see that sorry jace <laughs> um shout out to mustafi um i don't think he had the best game today I'll be honest with At you. Times he did. Yeah, but he had a uh, couple of claims, didn't he? Yeah, he wasn't bad today, but he wasn't... I mean... Second half, he was much better. I, yeah, I think I'll say that. I think uh, his recent performances have definitely improved, 100%, hands down. I think his recent performances have been absolutely... Uh, not brilliant. I'm not going to say brilliant, but from the Chelsea game onwards, he's kind of got his head down and literally started to work. You know, he's cut out some of the stupid mistakes. He's always going to have... Uh, the, the problem is with Mustafi, you always fear that he's going to have some sort of ricket in him. You always think that there is a mistake within him. But credit where credit's due, he hasn't had uh, a, a mistake leading to a goal for since the Chelsea one. Um, so, you know, and, and obviously Arteta has seen something in him that he's, you know, keeping him at his side. And, you know, I think it's the less of two evils. It's either him or Socrates, isn't it? I think in the summer we'll definitely 100% address the defence situation. 
you know, we have brought in uh, Mari as well. So obviously that's more competition from places. And I'm sure when Mari's fit, then he'll come into uh, contention of who we're going to play, whether it's going to be, you know, Mustafi and Mari or whether it's going to be Sakrasis and Mari or whoever. We've got a combination of people. Remember, we've still got Rob Holding as well. So we have got a plethora of centre-backs, if you really think about it. But it just seems that no matter what combination of centre-backs you play, we just don't seem to defend properly, which is really annoying. But I'm sure that, you know, Teto is looking at all, all of our centre-backs and he will get the right combination. Good, right. Uh, Rocky has said, I guess my username is new, but I've supported the channel for a very long time. I used to be Daz316. Uh, Daz I'm sorry if I stepped out of line, guys. Taffy, Taffy. Don't ever apologise. <laughs> uh, so, uh, here we go. Archie. Mustafi turned into a prime Maldini. <laughs> Richard Moyes says, Mustafi has gone grey. Uh, and then what else is in there? Um Oh, here we go. Ian Wood makes a good point. A lucky win. Never do it the easy way. Mustafi, brilliant again. Saka's crossing on points. Ceballos controlled the game. And Eddie done well for his goal. And Alba doing what he does best, thank God. I think that, that sums it up perfectly, doesn't it? Right. I'm glad to know, Chris. I didn't have too many more notes. Where are we down to? Uh, Eddie, uh, 23rd minute. Eddie has a shot on goal. Puts it over. Things are looking good. 25th minute. Alba and Saka down the left. Sack across to Pepe, who has a shot, and it's looking better there as well. First goal for us, Chris. Uh, 26th minute. Goal! Xhaka down the left, gives it to Saka, who sprints away at the speed of light. Perfect cross, and Eddie scores of a semi. Was it a semi-bicycle kick? Almost? Mm, that's was more it? of a half for me, wasn't it? But, yeah. It was, it was um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a really, really good goal. I, I tweeted, I said that was Perez to Henri in 2020, because it was that kind of goal. It's that early early delivery. The thing I like about Nketiah's finishing is it's, it's very natural. That's the sort of goal that he scores. Um, if you watch it very closely, like the way he opens his body up, he lets the ball hit his foot rather than having to put any power in it. He guides it into the net. Uh, his movement as well, if you look at that, before the cross comes in, his movement's very, very good. Um, he's a natural finisher. The, the, I think the only problem Nketi's going to have, uh, well, two problems he's going to have having a career at Arsenal is how, mu how much game time he gets, which obviously will be dependent on who we keep and maybe don't in the summer or whatnot. But also it's it's whether teams work him out. Um, he that That is his... That, that's his skill. That's his real talent. He's a poacher. He's a finisher, um, and and that's that is all he is essentially. You know, not, I'm not saying he doesn't do other things. He works hard, etc. But that's that's his his game. Um, and yeah, the cross from Saka was superb. I mean, that's that's the strength of his game, and that for me is why he is a winger um, rather than a than a left back. But brilliant cross um, right into the area that basically I think Gary Neville said it. You can't defend those. Um, doesn't matter how good a defender you are, how good a goalkeeper you are. If if the, if the centre forward is any good, those crosses are goals nine point nine times out of ten because it's it's un, it's undefendable. So um, yeah, really pleased for for Eddie. He took his chance. He had a frustrating day in his first start, didn't he? Two weeks ago, um, got the goal today and, and looked lively. Worked his socks off. Played the full ninety as well. Uh, but yeah, really really good finish. Um, really clever finish. Really good movement and. And he deserved his goal today. So, um, yeah, credits to both youngsters combining for it. Yes. Did you pitch. think that on, goal, Chris, you may remember this. Did that goal remind you of Henri's last goal against, I want to say it was Sunderland? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. You know when he came back? Yeah, that goal, that's what it reminded me of. I'm sure it was exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Chris, I think I agree. Reverend Chris said, the way he just opened up his foot, let the ball hit him, uh, guided it into the corner, it, it was on Riesk, and we're going to compare it to, you know, our greatest ever goal scorer because it was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, credit where credit's due, he's, he, you know, he could have gone out alone and we kept him because Arteta saw something in him and, you know, he's starting to repay the faith that Arteta saw. Yeah, a lot of um, credit should go to Arteta for keeping him, um, for not sending him back out on loan again. It's almost as if he knew that uh, Lacazette's are going to have a bit of a dry spell, that we're going to be uh, still in the FA Cup, Europa League. But look at that, Carl. Do you reckon uh, Eddie deserves a statue for that celebra- for that <laughs> him doing that goal, much like the Bergkamp one? Does he I deserve mean, a statue already? If he, you know, if he goes on to be anything uh, close to Henri and Bergkamp, then that's the one they'll use. But uh, let's, you know, let's again, you know, we can only hope. Uh, it's we'll see what Eddie does. I think um, depending on the Arteta, sorry, depending on whether Lacazette stays uh, next season or whether Bamiyang stays, you know, it depends on what happens with. Eddie and Ketia, because I don't know, like I, I would love him to stay at the club, but you know, I think it all depends on what happens with our senior strikers. That's not me saying that I think um that Eddie is uh is good enough to start for us week in, week out. He's not, you know, let's not pull no punches, he's definitely not good enough to start him for us week in, week out. However, if he's a backup striker, someone to play in the FA Cup, the early round FA Cup games and the League Cup games, then yeah, I'll take Eddie and I'll keep him for that. Um, Archie's just put in the chat box here. Cheers, Archie. Always up on information. Mavropanos got injured again. Just been had a look. His team, Nuremberg, lost 2-1 home to Darmstadt 98. And he went off injured after 13 minutes. Uh, but on the other hand, Mkhitaryan scored again today. So I think that was his fifth or sixth goal of the season. Get rid of that. Yeah, cheers for that, Archie. There was a question here as well, um, but I can't remember where it's gone. Um, will I be able to find it? No, someone added. Maybe Carl has been, been and put it in the chat. Uh, there's one here from uh, from our own Richard. He says uh, for you, Chris. Do you think Saka suits coming on the ball, coming onto the ball from left back rather than being on the shoulder of the full back? That's a good question because that might be what he needs to do when Tyranny comes back, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, and his combination play with Aubameyang's good, isn't it? In that in that situation, um, you know, they they combine really well and they cover each other really well. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's a difficult one to judge at the moment. The one the one good thing with with um, both Hector and Saka in particular is that it gives you an option of playing or ro- rotating between three at the back and and full back because you can play either of those two uh, or Tierney for that matter as wing backs. Um, and if we were to keep Cedric Suarez, uh, wing backs. So yeah, um, I think I think I think. Saka, it, it will. It, time will tell where he ends up playing. Um, he's embraced that role and he's made it his own to a degree, and he's impressed there. I agree with Carlo. Defensively, you know, against the very top level, he will get found out because it's not his position. But he's doing a really good job where he's playing, and he's doing a good job while the other players are out. And and then he's he's taking his chances. You can't ask any more of a, of a kid coming in. He's taking his chances. That's all you can ask. So. Time will tell as dependent upon where he plays and what system. 
And I think when he is playing at left back, normally when, a, um, say, if we had uh, Monreal playing left back back in the day, when he went forward, there was a huge gap at left back because he wouldn't get back there quick enough. But the opposition mm-hmm. now know if if, if um, Saka decides to go for a wander down the left hand side, you ain't you ain't never going to get back to left back before he does, no matter which player you are, because he will turn around and yeah. he will be gone at the speed of light, which is a. Uh, probably why we're not so um, vulnerable. But then again, uh, Monreal played yesterday, didn't he? He got man of the match for Real Sociedad as they won 3-0. Yeah. Magnificent yeah, result. Blair Slater has given us some Canadian dollary dues. He says, help, gentlemen. Long time hope. Long time hope everyone is well. Keep up the great work. Up the Arsenal. Slater out. Thank you very much, uh, Slater, Blair, from, uh, with your dollary dues from no doubt knee-deep in snow in sunny Canada. Uh, right, Carl, there was a question that you put in there which you can have from Julian Salmon. Who do you think has has made more of an impact with their substitutions today? Ancelotti or Arteta was pretty impressed with Everton's today, with Everton today. What do you think? I think both. I think both. I think we Arsenal substitutions, I think, could have been made a little bit earlier. I mean, Ozil, he looked so, so tired that I personally would have a lot of running, didn't he? Yes, and I personally would have brought on Ozil, uh, I brought off Ozil long before he did come off. And I think Gwendouzi was the right person to bring on. Because with Gwendouzi, you can just say, go in there, be a, a bastard, break up play. And that's what he did. He, he came onto the pitch and he, and he broke up play and he's just being what Gwendouzi does. You know what I mean? And I think that was what he was brought on for. However, I think from about the 75th minute, you could tell that as it was blowing and he needed to come off. So, you know, I think that we was forced into one, you know, that, that substitution, that our first one we was forced into, which I can kind of get. And um, Everton's one, I think, whether they were chasing the game, I mean, Gomez, I mean, first of all, let me just shout out Gomez. I think it's great to see him come back after his uh, horrific injury. And, you know, he's yeah. glad that after the injury, you can, one, he's walking again, and two, he's on the football pitch running up and down. I think it's, you know, uh, you know it's not one of our players, but well done for him for, to come in, for coming back. Um, and even when he came on in the pitch, you can tell what quality he is because he was popping around passes and you're looking at him thinking, oh, he's not, you know, he's not too bad. Uh, Moyes Keane, you know, we was, as Everton were pressing towards the end of the game, uh, Moyes Keane come on and, you know, he was just there to kind of give our defenders something else to think about. And, you know, credit to Ancelotti. That's what he, you know, you know though he didn't have much of, that much of an impact, he, I think he had what, one shot on goal towards the end from quite far out. But he was there to disrupt. <sighs> the thing is, you know, sometimes you're you can make tactical substitutions if you're controlling the game. But I think during the game, sometimes Everton were controlling the game, and sometimes we were. I think um, you know, bring even being on Torreira, someone a bit more defensive minded, we needed that. So credit to Arteta. Like I said, I wish the substitution happened maybe just a little bit more earlier. But you know, credit to Arteta, he, he brought on the right people at the right time. I think he could see that they were up for another goal and we'd already get, um, surrendered the, the lead once in the game. And the, yeah, I think those Everton substitutions are, here we go, Don one, Carpenter out. Never ends, does it, Chris? No. Sad, sad to see. Fair. Right. Um, well, yeah, it is fair. Right, Chris, 32nd minute. Oh, you've had two goals in a row. Carl can have this one. Carl, 32nd minute. Um, uh, who have I put? L-U-I-C. What the hell is Loic? 
Bring us Louise. the ball. Oh, mm. yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, the C and the Z are quite close together, and I've got fat fingers. Uh, Louise brings the ball out, gets to the halfway line, almost as if there was some kind of force field to stop him going any further, which we've wanted for years for our centre-backs. Gets to the halfway line and pings it out wide left, where Alba is at 100 mile an hour already. He leaves their defence standing and runs at the keeper and slots it home. But... And the replay, you saw Eddie was ready for a tap-in too. Did, did that warm the cockles of, of your heart, Carl? It was lovely because I love the way Louise opened up his arms to say, I've got no one running for me. And <laughs> he sort of just slid it yes. straight through in, in, in the middle. And Aubameyang, I love the way, you know, yeah, that sort of goal always made me compare to Henri because Henri kind of made his name of that sort of goal. When you open up your body, you literally open up your foot and you curl it into the far corner. Absolutely brilliant. Whether he had squared it or um, he scored it himself, it was always going to be a very good goal. So credit to Aubameyang. It was, it was The weighted pass was absolutely lovely. It was... Everything about that goal was just really, really nice. The 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 almost the disguise, perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, the disguise from David Luiz, the straight down the middle, one straight ball through Everton's defense. Um Abamyang literally just opened up his body and curling it into the far corner. And even if he didn't want to score, Eddie was up with him to if he wants to square it and get the tap in. So it was a very nice goal. It was an Arsenal goal. An Arsenal goal from, and I say that from old, you know, it was a, a Fabregas to Henri, Henri, far corner, brilliant goal. Yes, Chris, that when we signed David Luiz, we all hoped that he would be the centre-back that we wanted playing the ball out from midfield and today, playing out from the centre-back and today he showed that a couple of times, didn't he? He really has... When when the first part of the season we were we were joking and going oh it's agent I am Louise because now agent Check has gone they've sent in another mole but they have another it's really things are really turning out well for Louise Arsenal at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, the, the the trouble with David Louise is having seen him uh, you know over his career at Chelsea and same at PSG and 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 now with Arsenal is you know a little bit like Mustafi. Um, you always know that there's a mistake in him. The one thing he has got is he's got leadership. He's a winner. He's got experience. Um, I love I love the way he puts himself about. Um, he's he's clear. I think he's very um, he, he's he's one of us. He, mm-hmm. He's very sort of within the club setup already. He feels like an Arsenal player. Um, and and I think with the right partner, he's good. And I, th- I think that's a lot of the reason why you see Mustafi get the nod ahead of other players at the moment because of the mobility of Louise and, and Mustafi complements each other quite well. And they're both fairly good ball playing centre halves on their day. Um, so I think that's probably why. But yeah, I, I like I like Louise. I, I as I say, I, I do still have a, a bit of a heart flutter every time the ball goes in behind him um, when he's sort of frantically chasing back. Um, and and yeah, you know, when you sign David Louise, you you know, you know, you're not signing Pete Maldini. You know, you're signing a player who's got flaws. You know, you you know, you're signing a player who's got deficiencies in his game. Um, but you also know you're signing a player who's very comfortable on the ball and is and is a born leader and has led teams to to um to trophies so and you can't get enough of that so yeah i mean as long as he keeps performing the way he is and you know keeps putting in the performances he, he does then you can't fault him and he put his body on the line several times today so yeah can't can't knock the guy Rudy doing his usual and keeping us up on the press conference. He said, Everton boss Carlo Ancelotti is up first. I'm really disappointed, but I cannot say the performance was good. I cannot be satisfied. 
followed on by we want to win here against a strong team, Arsenal, but defensively we were poor. We have to defend better. We conceded two goals too easily. Again, we conceded goals quite easily as well, didn't we? Where's that gone? I highlighted it. In a, oh, there it's no, gone. That's Petito. Oh, yeah. God, you lot are busy typing away. Um, look at the table. I think this may be another part of it. Look at the table. Of course, we are right in. I'm not seeing if there's any more here. Oh, Petito's given us some money. Oh, Petito, very kind of you, sir. Uh, two American dollar dues. What does Maitland Niles do now? Fourth is fourth choice. Yeah, Carl, you got any thoughts on that? Maitland Niles, what do you think his future is? Because uh, Bellerin, it seems to be back. Well, see, that's the thing. We we see him as a right back where his preferred position is centre mid. And the fact that, you know, his preferred position is centre mid and he can't get in the squad at the moment. I, If I was him, I would resign to being the reserve right back because uh, at the moment he's not going to get any game time in the Premier League as a centre midfielder. He's not going to get in ahead of Ceballos. He's not going to get ahead of Xhaka. He's not going to get ahead of Guendouzi. He's not going to get ahead of Torreira. You know, that's four people he needs to try and get ahead of, and it's not going to happen. So, unfortunately, I think his game time, unless Bellerin gets injured, is going to be limited, or unless Bellerin needs a rest, is, is going to be very limited, and it's worrying for him because I don't see him having an Arsenal career if I'm really honest I just don't see him staying at Arsenal he's he's the position that he wants to play in with uh, although we may not have the best centre midfielders we're kind of flushing that like I said there's four people ahead of him um, whether he's even good enough to play centre mid because you've hardly really seen him in there we've, I think we've seen what a couple of League Cup games and maybe a couple of Europa games um, for him to play there so Unfortunately, I do think that his time as at Arsenal, maybe as a centre mid, is going to be limited or is come to an end. Uh, Daryl Kane says uh, Ainsley could do what Gwendouzi did today, but he has dug himself a hole. I thought Gwendouzi was very impressive when he came on today. The way he was harassing those uh, those um, their defenders every time they got the ball, Gwendouzi was straight up there, and then as soon as they uh, they had they kept the ball straight back in um, the middle of the field defending again. Uh, oh, Rudy has another update on the press conference. Arsenal, but he could actually put a fake one in here and we would never know. Uh, Mikel Arteta, I'm really pleased with the performance. It's not easy to play three times in seven days, which somebody in the chat box already mentioned earlier. The team reacted well after conceding an early goal. Very good. And then Rudy says, everyone, thumbs up or else there's going to be trouble. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got that. Cheers. Uh, um, Archie just reminded me there's a super chat. Um, Daryl Kane. Oh, here we go. Daryl's made a point. I don't agree with the Bellerin hate. He is doing his job just because he is no longer flashy with quick runs. People think he has uh, he has dropped in form. I think he's been more conscientious when it comes to defending. He's doing his defending more often and still managing to get forward, which is which is important. Right. Uh, where were we up to now? Blah de blah de blah. 39th minute. Ozil gets the ball and in immediately bangs it across the field to the feet of Saka. That was pinpoint. That was a thing of beauty. Who makes a run, goes over, but gets up right away, not looking for fouls, Chris. That's important, isn't it? Because we've seen so many young English players, as soon as you look at them, they fall over, don't they? And he didn't. He got straight back up again. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and, and well, I mean, I, I couldn't really add a lot more to what you said there. I think that that's, that's, the, good, that's the good side, isn't it? You want to see players that are resilient um, mm. and on their feet and, and back in. I think you 
pretty much some of that. I couldn't really add much to that. So when they do actually get properly fouled, it may yeah. well be a penalty rather than falling over, pretending you've got some kind of wobbly leg syndrome. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be known as a team like Spurs who go down over every little thing, do you? Don't. 44th minute, Everton free kick from our right-back position. Good cross in, and Rickalson heads it very, very wide. It looked on target from one angle, then you see it from the other one and go, oh, no, that was almost in a different postcode. 45th minute, collisions, Calvert and, on, and Bellerin, and then Rickalson on Ceballos, who looks hurt, and there were a few scuffles and a yellow card for Rickalson. Uh Carl, what do you think to that? It's getting a little bit, a little bit naughty, wasn't it? Oh, I love a bit of handbags in football. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like a bit of handbags? What I love about football handbags is someone really wants to throw a punch, but they just know that they're <laughs> going to be sent off. And so it's all the shoulder barging, it's all the shoulders and chest, like go on, go on, go on. It's like it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit in it. Like Chris or Toy, it's not that Sunday league. I'm sure Sunday league there there is a few punches, uh, definitely thrown or a bit more. Less so. Less so nowadays, but it was a bit like that Xhaka and Gomez moment second half, wasn't it? Where they both sort of like went for each other and then went, nah, you're all right. (laughs) It's it's not like the old days, is it? But no, it wasn't a great challenge, though, I didn't think, personally. He's a bit of a bellend, Richardson, hasn't he, to be honest? Yes, he's one of the ones where he's brilliant, but sometimes you've got to take a bit Yeah, you've got to take a bit of his madness in it to get the brilliance. But Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, Chris. He's a bit of a prick. Yeah. Good. If you're player, you love him. If you're not, you hate him. There we go, Chris. Next goal for you. For, I had to actually put 48th minute, and then when they scored in the 46th minute, we scored in the next half, 46, I thought, that should be 45 plus three. Goal, corner, ball cleared, ball scuffed back in. So I don't know how he even got that on target when he completely mishit it. Scramble in the box. Rickalson pokes it in. What a mess. What was your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think, again, you summed it up well. It was a mess. Um, worst time to concede. Um, luckily, we also scored at the best time to score straight afterwards. But, <laughs> but yeah, it is the worst time to concede because all of your preparation and all of your, you know, the managers going in in the tunnel at halftime with a 2-1 up and preparing potentially substitutions and tactics for the second half and then bang, you, you level. And it gives that opposition team a, essentially a fresh start straight away in the second half, which obviously didn't work out too well for them. But um, yeah, it was a scrappy goal. Luis, um I, th- I actually felt a bit sorry for Louise in that second goal because if you look at the replay, I don't know who it is who heads it just off of his head. Whoever is just in front of him sort of heads it over um, Louise. I think if he got if he got the shout, he didn't leave it because Louise would have headed it away. Um, and then Bert Leno misjudges it. You know, it's, it's, it's a goalkeeping error, I think. Um, I did agree with Gary Neville. I think if you're a goalkeeper in that position, you think back to the days of, of a, a Peter Schmeichel, for example, he would be out and would literally clean everything out in the process of taking that ball. Um, nothing, nothing, you know, as I say, Leno was fantastic, particularly second half. He'd be more than made up for it. And he has been brilliant all season. He's not going to, you know, he's going to make mistakes every once in a while. That's a goalkeeper's life. Uh, I felt like this one was an error. I do feel like he should have just committed to it and gone for it or stayed on his line um, and stood up big. Whereas what he kind of did was half came, then went back to his line and sort of fell backwards and then was off balance. Good finish, slightly fortunate finish, but you've got to be in there to score them. Um, and yeah, I, I'll be I'll be honest, at halftime, I was thinking, you know, it's the worst time to, to concede because of... I was worried about our mentality, but I've proved very wrong, which is mm. happy, happy to say that. But yeah, poor, poor defending. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day, nor was Arsenal. We've got a lot of work to do in terms of that long term, but the response is what you wanted and we got that. 
Right, so a little bit of uh, news here from our very own Simon Collings. Says Kalasnatch uh, just walked through the mix zone, arm in a sling, under his tracksuit top, which Ooh. is a little bit concerning. If uh, if you lovely people want to go and put a, a Twitter account there, that's our Simon. He works for the Evening Standard. He doesn't do any clickbait at all. So if you go and follow Simon on Twitter and go and tell him that you sent us and you want him on the show as soon as possible, yeah, really top quality. Um, he's like the anti-John Cross. He doesn't say things just for clickbait. He actually does it properly. So yeah, go and follow Simon on Twitter and tell him we said hello. Right, um, where were we at? We were at, uh, oh, here we go, Carl. Second half, Chris has kind of given this away a little bit, but we had to. 46th minute, goal, goal, goal. Great work by Pepe down the right wing. Cuts in on his left foot. Lovely cross to Alba, who heads it down and in. Now Alba is the joint Premier League top goal scorer. Not bad for a team in the second half of the Premier League, is it, at that point? No, we didn't do too badly at all, did we? Um, yeah, credit to Aubameyang. Uh, I think it was Sidibe again, wasn't he? Like, do you remember when he used to be good and like he was going to be the next French <laughs> right back? <laughs> Idiots. Anyway. Um, toughie, no, oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Toffee, yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even. Didn't <laughs> but um, yeah, he, yeah, he, sh- personally, if that was me, I would be really upset if that was our defender because how can you have one man in the box and not have one not stand goal side and two not stand closer to him it was like credit where credit's due I think very good from um, Pepe to get the ball the ball in and I think very good from Aubameyang to get the uh, on target as well uh, brilliant header well done Arsenal you know we came out and I think the best thing about that was and shot his face we just looked at his face and was like what the fuck was going on there like he didn't have a clue brilliant header as well for, for, a, for, for, a, for a guy who's not known for his heading he's actually a very very good header of the ball about me I think he's very underrated in the air he's what I like about him when he when he goes up for headers is he directs headers um it's a proper centre forwards header that I think Alan Smith or John Hartson would have been proud of that one um really well directed to put it exactly where pickford couldn't get to um yeah and 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 like i said previously it's just the perfect start to the to the it was a perfect response to the second half everton's marking i mean angelotti should write especially an italian coach seeing defending like that when you leave a player of that ability free in the box he will go you know he will have them watching that that on video time and time again tomorrow that uh, was terrible from their their point of view, but from our point of view, you just got to take the chance when it comes. And yeah, really, really good performance and, and a real captain's performance today from Bamiang all over the pitch. He was working his balls off. Question for you, Chris from Don Juan says, uh, "Do we?" St- uh, question for Chris: Do we sell his beloved Alexander Lacazette in the summer? No. Good. No, 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 no. Um, no, no. I. Um, Seen as I've got to leave shortly, do you want me to sum that that question up and then do a sum up before you do questions? I, I'm quite happy to do that if you want me to. Do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> just, just, just to explain to everyone, I'm not. I'm only being half paid half a fee. My image rights um, were not paid. Um, Jason Davies is responsible for that, so I'm only giving you half a show. No, I'm only joking. Um, I've got to go to a, an FA, a Devon FA meeting, which I can hardly wait for. Um, and I'm definitely not going to watch PSG Bordeaux on my phone during it at all. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, so apologies, chat. It's nothing personal. I will will return maybe on Thursday. Who knows? Anyway, um, yeah. I um, 
completely forgot what I was going to say then. Um, say about Lacazette leaving. Yeah, no, uh, no, I've I've said this before, and and I'll say you know I'll say it again. N- n- we shouldn't be looking to sell any players unless we get a good price for them, unless they are actively looking to move. Um, you know, sure, there's a couple of players that we might have to make decisions on in the summer. Um, some of them are going to be out of our control. One of those I'll touch on before I go. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we've got we've got a we've got a the nucleus of a good squad, and with the additions, Carl touched on it with the additions of Pablo Marie and Cedric Suarez. All of a sudden, you look at our defence and go, actually, there's quite a lot of options there. Um, are they? Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> are they a? Um, are they all world class options in central defence and wing back? No, they're not. But are we a world class side at the moment? No. So we're shopping a little bit, not in Lidl's, but we are shopping in kind of you know, uh, sort of... Uh, what, we've got, what's the we've got of vouchers and we're off to Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we got a couple of quid, but we're also using our nectar points. So, um, <laughs> you know, we, we do we do have to be a bit careful. Um, short answer to the question is no, I wouldn't sell him. But to extend it slightly, uh, there's other players that I think, you know, would need to go before he does. If we get astronomical money or he wants to move on, that's different. Um, in terms of just sort of summing up before I parachute out the back door... Um, the, the things that stood out for me today, the commitment and desire of the team to, to press individually as a whole is really good. Like that to me is really coming on. And the more games you see Arteta have, the more games that you, the, the more that we're watching as a team, the more team ethic you're getting. When one presses, two drop. When two press, three drop. When when three go to the ball, another three come across. It, it, there is definitely signs there. And I think Gary Neville pointed out in in the sec- in second half when he said it's very interesting to see a four two three one match up against a four four two. I think in the old days, um Arsene Wenger would be very rigid in um and it's not a criticism of Arsene, but he'd be very rigid. He'd be like, We'll play our game, doesn't matter what the opposition does. With Arteta, it's very much we'll set up in four two three one pretty much every game, but we'll adapt our formation to counter what the opposition does in game. It's very much in game sure. management. Which second. is very, yeah. It's, it's almost like going like for like. Um, well, and I made a note that we were because you're, you're going to go. I, want, I made a note. Ta- I've never made tactical notes, but when we made that, those all of our substitutions, we were playing a very deep four four, and then yeah. playing a couple, and then Gwendozi going out. But that was a really strict and tight yeah. back eight at times, wasn't it? It's was great to and, see. And his organisation, when you see him talking to substitutes, he's very, very specific about what he wants them to do. Um, a couple of the hand signals, like when Gunduzi was on, you could clearly see him sort of doing the three. And he was saying to Gunduzi, he was, he was doing this a lot, which, which basically what that says to me is, or how I would gesture that is, you're in the three, but your job is to go from side to side and press each side, you know, move across the lines, move across with the play. Um, pl- footballers are thick. Uh, I hate to break this to everybody, but they need specific instructions. See what Granit Xhaka said. Um, you know, a few months ago, and and he's another one. Credit to him. Um, I still think we could do better, but fair play to him. He has, you know, the redemption of Jacko is a film that Steven Spielberg is waiting to to direct because that will make at least ten quid. But no, jokes aside, he's, you know, he's come in and done brilliantly. Um, and we saw him. Yeah. The stuff in midweek wasn't there that that Gwen Doozy has been frozen out of the squad and he's fallen out of the manager. Bullshit. Yeah, and. I'm, and what, is, and what does he do? Comes back and puts in a, a really good performance in both games that he's been played. And and Gunduzi is, you know, nobody's above criticism. If they step out of line, then, you know, they get rattled and they perform. The other the other two, just quickly to mention today, Meza Ozil, I think, was, was good again today. 
said it before, we'll keep saying it, the number 10 role is dead. But if he can adapt his game as he did today, where he was dropping deeper and supporting the strikers, the one thing that Mesut Ozil does better than arguably, even, even to this day, many other players in Europe, if you watch his passing, when it's a forward pass, it is always right into the run of a player. Never plays it behind a player, never plays it out of reach of a player. Didn't we? He just, yeah, and he he doesn't have to think about it. It's always into the stride of the player. And that is so vital when you see players misplacing passes um, that that gets you on the front foot. Um, And the other one, I, you know, I will keep blowing, blowing this trumpet. Carl touched on it earlier. I think Danny Ceballos is a player that we need to try and keep. His his reaction since coming back from injury, I think, has been first class. I think he's a player that needs to be in this starting eleven every week because he's the one player for me that has the ability and the physicality. He's almost a combination of Xhaka and, and Torreira. His distribution, whilst it's not always perfect, it's always forward. It's always forward thinking. Um, he's comfortable on both feet. His vision's excellent. He dictates the tempo of the play. Um, and I think if you look at the top sides in Europe, they've all got one of those. It reminds me a little bit of Thiago Alcantara at Bayern Munich, that type of player. Um, he's not on that level yet, don't get me wrong. But I think, you know, he's not a Real Madrid player for, for no reason. He was at that club or is at that club for a reason. Um, we, we've got a lot of work to do with him still. But I, I thought I thought he was really good. And and I think, again, you know, there was a little bit of the whole, oh, you know, am I going to stay? Am I not? Um He's obviously had a word with Arteta. He's, he's obviously got assurances that he'll get opportunities. And, uh, and Arteta's thrown in the gauntlet and said, I'll give you chances. You're going to have to prove to me you're worthy of being in this side. And I think, particularly in the last three games he's played, he's, he's definitely done that. So um, there you go, everybody. I've covered the shout out. Could you just do a quick uh, one of your wonderful accents in uh, 95 Winston says, uh, where's the tappy tappy? We need one from Chris and then you can go. Oh, OK. Um, oh, God, I've got to think about this. Yeah, OK. Right, I'm having a look at this. I'm, ha- I'm having a look at this right now. I'm having a look at this. I've got at least five viewers. At least five. Maybe 55. I don't know. At least five. Maybe 105. What, 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 what's this? What, what, what? Tappy, tappy. You're all, you're all in here. Free. Doing nothing. Just tappy, tappy. Oh. You bunch of twats. I'm out of here. Thank you. Oh, Carl. What can we do? Thank you very much, Chris. You've overrun away. It's half past. And uh, tell the uh, the Devon and Cornwall FA sort your fucking and stop making the Pirates pay so much money for stuff. I shall return, people. Thanks for tuning in. I love you all. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank um, fuck he's gone. We can get a word in edgeways now, Carl. You're right. You had a good day. What's for dinner? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. I love. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Here's one for the dads from Julian Salmon. Albert Hedder reminded me of Frank Stapleton. Another turncoat who shit on this for Man United. But, uh, yeah, that's an old one. Oh, we've got someone calling us armchair fans. The last time I sat in an armchair was probably in the early 90s. They were doing that again. <laughs> Couldn't get out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll let people uh, abuse him for um, for saying such silly nonsense. <laughs> Big Buddy Kane. I think he's in our WhatsApp group, isn't he? Big Bunny Kane, isn't that? Um, always get him and Daryl mixed up because uh, one of them is and one of them isn't. He says a Chris Welsh's accent is nicer than Jason's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Frank Gunner. He says, "What? Why the Russian accent?" 
Uh, right, we need to get on with this, don't we, Carl? Right, uh, we are now up to, um, okay, next 15, last from the goal at the 46th minute, I've put next 15 minutes, a few substitutions, a few late tackles. It's all calmed down a bit now, getting a little bit slow. Then move on to the 65th, 65th minute. I've got a tooth missing. Agent Saka with an awful back pass. Mustafi clears the attack. It comes in again, and Mustafi clears again. Very good from Mustafi. Have you been... Um, not excited, but have you been happy to see the, the re-emergence of Mustafi as someone we can rely on at the back? I know Chris touched on it a little bit earlier on. Oh, of, of course. I want to see all our players do one, no matter who they are. I couldn't care less if it was Mustafi, Jaka. I want to see every single one of our players play to the best of their ability and do very, very well. Unfortunately, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Mustafi. And, I, and, and do you know what? And I want him to prove me wrong. I want Mustafi to actually come out and bloody, you know, we joke about him being a bad and I want him to, you know, play that good that he, he actually does, you know, they talk about him. The, the problem with Mustafi is that you're, you're looking at past what he's done in the past. And let's face it, he hasn't done too well in the past. He's always got a mistake in him. Like I said, you know, you could think about all the Mustafi performances and you could probably, you always think about the bad ones, like the, the Chelsea one. And that's the one that sticks out in my head. Uh, that back pass um, when we played away to Chelsea was just uh, atrocious. And you think to yourself, and I remember saying, and I remember tweeting as well, like this guy is a professional footballer. He literally does this thing for a living and he makes that sort of mistake. It's unacceptable. It really is. But, you know, that hopefully now um, Arteta is going to come in and coach him. And we've got different coaches as well. And hopefully the, the coach, I think it's Steve Round, who is our assistant. Hopefully he literally will be OK. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do A, B and C. And Mustafi will do A, B and C. Just like Xhaka, I don't know if you realise that the reason why I, I love sort of how we play now is that as soon as Saka gets forward, Xhaka drifts into that left-back position. And that's why Saka is easy or is free to get forward as much as he does because Xhaka just drifts back and just protects that left-back. And I think that is what, that's brilliant. That is coaching. You know, that's not something that Xhaka all of a sudden has said, do you know what? I'm going to do that. Like Chris said, footballers are, are, are fucking thick as shit. <laughs> and they need that sort of coping. And that's what, obviously, Mustafi, sorry, hear me. Obviously, um, Arteta has said to uh, Xhaka, you know, when he gets forward, just drift back, cover him. So if we get caught on a counter-attack, as fast as Saka is, you know, he's, you know, we there's some teams out there who will counter-attack the, the, the fuck out of us. And Xhaka's there to break up play. And that's brilliant. And like you said, even with Gunduzi coming on today, Gunduzi is there. He was just to be a bit of a bastard, you know, to break up play, fall on the floor, be a bit of a, be a bit of a prick, you know, just break up play, fall on the floor, draw the foul in, waste time. Brilliant. And these are the things that I hate to talk about our past managers, but Emery didn't do. Emery didn't teach these players to do those sort of things. And yeah, you can say, oh, they're footballers, they should know. But you do have to coach footballers, some of them, to within an inch of their lives. So, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm positive after this Arteta, you know, hopefully he'll come in and, you know, this season, like I wrote this season off a long time ago and, and hopefully, you know, I just want us to finish as high at the table as humanly possible. I think, I don't want to touch too much on it because, but I do think Man City will win their appeal and I think they'll get into Europe. I don't see them not winning their appeal, to be honest, because you wait for a bunch of crooks. 
just like Man City, to be honest. But all this talk about Arsenal going into the Champions League, we don't even have a squad to get into the Champions League. Why would we get into the Champions League if we can't compete uh, with it? That's the point. You can be in the Champions League while for us to get knocked out in the, the, the group stages. It's ridiculous. But for me, like, Arteta has come in and I think he is trying to change the stamp of the club. He's trying to put his own ideas. Uh, like I said, I don't want to touch too much on what Emre did or even didn't do, but he, you know, he wasn't the right fit for Arsenal. Arteta's come in, new ideas. The players are playing differently. Every single player is playing differently. They've all got different roles within the squad. And, you know, this time last year, we all hated Jacka. We all hated him. We hated Mustafi. We wanted out of our club. We wanted them to leave. We wanted them now. You're thinking to yourself, shit, Xhaka is not one of the first names on the team sheet. And I think how he's playing now, I mean, he still does the stupid things. He still gets the stupid fouls. And it is what it is. That is Xhaka's game. Sometimes it's a good thing what he does. And sometimes you're annoyed at him and you kind of think, oh, fuck, what are you doing? But, you know, that's part of his game. And I think him being coached to to drop back and cover Saka, I think is a, an absolute thing of beauty. It gives Saka, you know, just the, the 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 freedom to get forward and do putting crosses like he did today. I agree with all of that. And so does the chatbot. You're getting a little bit of love in the chat box there, Carl. It's only taken four years. And finally, they've seen the light. Nice to see. <laughs> right. Uh, where are we? And the, the, the 70th minute. Good to see Ozil pulling some strings in midfield, which he was more, doing more in the second half. Uh, 71st minute, Leno saves from Calvert from, I think it was actually four inches. This bloke is already my fourth best Arsenal keeper during my time as an Arsenal fan. How highly do you rate Leno? I think he's absolutely brilliant. I think without him, we would be, without him and Obama Young, I dread to think where we'd be this season. I really do. And that save from Calvert living from, like you said, from literally close range, absolutely brilliant. Um, I can't say um, whether he is my favourite Arsenal goalkeeper or full best. I don't know. I think at the moment, my favourite Arsenal goalkeeper will always be David Seaman, yep. just because he's my, you know, he's the goalkeeper that I grew up with. It was David Seaman. And then it would have to be. I had a soft spot for Alice Manninger as well. I really did. Yeah, very underrated. Came in yeah. during the double season when Seaman was injured and played quite a few games, yeah. I had a really soft spot for Alice Manninger. Obviously, you know, the big German goalkeeper, he's got to be uh, up there as well. I did think you know, he got the Champions League final, the, the German tit. Yeah, but oh, he's got yeah. Yeah, but he was brilliant when, when he was there. He's eccentric. <laughs> you know, he was the... the, uh, the he was literally, if you think of mad goalkeeper, you think of Lehman. You think of Jens Lehman because he was crazy. And you're going to say one that is probably out of my age Luke range. Luke Luke. Luke. Yeah, third um, I didn't grow up with John Lukic, I guess. I yeah. He was a bit before my time. But obviously, it's some of the... I just remember him playing. Didn't he play for Leeds after he left us? He went Leeds, Arsenal, Leeds, Arsenal, retire. Because I remember him playing for Leeds and I remember him getting chipped by um, Ian Wright. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my memory of John Lukic. But um, yeah, I think Leno, get back to this game, I think Leno for me is so underrated. And I think without... Um, 
I know, did you see Naya this weekend? He literally went for Naya, didn't he? Um, yeah, they were losing to Paderborn, weren't they? And Paderborn are the yo-yo team of the German league. They go uh, Bundesliga 1-2-3, 2-3-1, Paderborn are winning. Oh, but he went for Neuer when he came out, like literally. Never go for Neuer, Carl. We all know that. And I think without Neuer, you'd have um, the Barcelona goalkeeper be the number one German goalkeeper. Um, is he German? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Who, Neuer? No, the Barcelona goalkeeper. Oh. oh uh, Stantenberg, I think his name is. Uh, Testagen. Yeah. I don't know. The name on that is going to be German or Dutch. Yeah. And I then... I think Leno would be probably the number two goalkeeper, but obviously with Neuer, you know, he's you're not gonna kind of get in in him in front of him. But I think Neuer is very underrated, and my fear is that somebody is gonna come in with like a 50, 60 million pound bid for him, and will Arsenal be well enough to refuse a bid like that? Who knows? Tostegen is Dutch descent through his father. Um, but uh, he is a German international three yeah, games right. last year, three games a year before that, and ten games a year before that. So, although he isn't a German regular, but yeah, they uh, yeah, it's also Neuer, isn't it? It's Neuer's only going to get dropped when he retires, isn't he? Mm. Uh, yes, so uh, yes, his dad was Dutch, right? Next on to the diddly diddly bong. Uh, 75th minute, good work from Ozil. Pass it to Sabios, puts it high and wide. Uh, every single time I put Sabios in my notes, I put it in differently. I cannot spell his name. Uh, 76th minute, Sabios off for Terea, trying to shut up shop a little bit, which was good. 77, Alba playing emergency centre back. I thought that was really good. Yes, um, that was. Covering kind of in the where the Jacker position would be when Saka goes off on an attack, he was covering there. Good to see Alba because he cares again. 79 that's Everton's 15th attempt at goal. They are looking for another goal, which is obvious, but I still made a note of it. 81st minute, Urzel off for Mateo. While Everton bring on Keane, this could get tricky because Moyes Keane, when he was at Juventus last season, was a handful, but he struggled this season. I know he's had a couple of good games here, but he's, he's a decent player, but taking his time to uh, to, to gel in. Uh, then I've made a note. Now playing two deep lines of four when defending, then sending Matteo high upfield to hassle their players when they have the ball. 86th minute, Matteo, Eddie and Xhaka hassling their defenders. The slip up, Eddie gets the ball and curls it to top right-hand corner, but it hits the post and comes back out. Were you having kittens at that point? I actually screamed, Jesus fucking Christ on a horse. I don't know why I said that or why I squealed it, but I was excited, weren't you? That would have been an absolutely brilliant goal and I was willing it to just drop. It was, you know, I think it was brilliant, the fact that he just got the ball, tried to curl it and it... Goalkeeper was beaten all hands up, and Eddie, I think, had a, I think, had a good game today. I really do. You know, I don't think without the injury to Kolasinac, maybe he wouldn't have played the, the whole game. But mm. I think uh, needs must. But at the end of the day, he did a job for us today, and I think it's great that he can come in and you know play a whole game against a team like Everton and give Lacazette a rest. And Lacazette hasn't been at his best. You know, now Chris is going to say, Lacazette's been shit. But he's coming back. You know, he's, he, he got a goal in midweek and he got a goal. Yeah, and he got a goal against Newcastle. And, you know, strikers need that. Sometimes strikers just need to get a goal and score. And then, you know, their confidence comes back. 
you know, tenfold. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you see Lacazette score a, a few more goals because there's a striker in him. He, he's, he's a good player. It's just that he was lacking confidence so much. And, you know, now he's starting to put the ball in the back of the net. Who knows what he could do? Uh, oh, here you go. Question from Nicky. I didn't notice this. Nick says, uh, why did the ref keep frog marching our players off when subbed? Only seem to do that at the Emirates. They do tell them to get a wiggle on, don't they? Yeah, I think what it is now, I think, um, you know, there's this new rule where you've got to go off at the nearest point where you are. Mm. No matter where you are, you've got to go off. I think what players are doing now, they're positioning themselves in the centre circle. So obviously the nearest point is always going to go towards <laughs> where they are. So they're being smart about it. So I think the referee is just saying, no matter how much I'm going to add time on, he's like probably just saying to them, look, you need to hurry up. I'm going to add time on. I'm going to add, because what is it, 30 seconds per Sub. substitution? Yeah. So they're probably saying, I'm going to keep add these 30 seconds on. I'm going to add these a minute on. So that's what I think it is. He's just telling them to get the hurry up because, I, like I said, I think this... Um, this thing about you know taking time to walk off is is obviously being cottoned on now. Maybe it's only to Arsenal because it's just us, but we probably don't notice it because we probably only notice it with our team because we watch our team more. I'm sure it does probably happen to other teams at their ground, but you know we just don't notice it. I was uh, in bed yesterday listening to the BBC doing the commentary during the matches, and at some point between drifting in and out of consciousness, I remember them saying they've just um, the one team had taken off their, I think it was their left back, and the left back was made to go off at the far left hand side of the pitch, but their substitute came on from this side of the pitch, so he had to sprint across the entire length of the field to get back there in time while the other team were making an attack. And you think, yeah, it won't be long before someone uses that as a tactic. They go, right, they're going off, right, everyone down that side because uh, I'm not sure it really saves much time, does it? No, it it doesn't. It's like, like I said, they'll always add 30 seconds on per substitution. Um, But yeah, teams were maybe, you know, I remember Dresden Marina was an artist for it. He would you know, substitute a striker, but then somehow the striker will be playing left back. And mm. then obviously they'd have to walk all the way across the pitch. So, you know, it's a bit of the dark arts, but like I said, I think uh, referees and the FA and the Premier League for what they're worth are uh, cutting on to it. If only the FA could get VAR right and then they'll be good. Wenger working from inside the Waffa, which is great. Right, 86th minute. Mateo like a wasp gets taken down, ref gestures, no foul, Lino waves his flag, foul, we get a free kick. The only thing of note there is it's good to see that a linesman is actually overruling the, the referee and the referee's listening to him because we've had so many years of uh, Linos not listening to the referee, referee not listening to the fourth officials and Linos and all that loss, and that's good to see. 88th minute, Jacka misses the ball. I think Torreira went to pass it to Xhaka and Xhaka wasn't ready or wasn't expecting it. So he misses it. They get on the attack. Leno comes sliding out like he was on some kind of greased up luge, out like a boss and clears it, but also gets a bit of a uh, knock at that time, didn't he? Were you worried? And what a clear water. Just tops off his game, doesn't he? Leno was brilliant today. He was. He was. I wasn't worried because I thought he was a bit of a dark arts, to be honest, that, you know, yeah. just last a bit of time. But, I'm wasting. Um, yeah, I think... Um, 
like you said, Leno um, was brilliant today. You know, yes, he made that mistake for the second goal. And I and I do, like Chris said, it was a goalkeeping error. It 100% was. You know, we can't get away from that. However, he made up for it for the saves that he made and definitely for that Calvert-Lewitt one right at the end because that was a goal all over. And he managed to make himself big and, you know, uh, keep the goal out. And, and like I said, Leno is very underrated. I think for saves, he's been up there. Um, because we've had a lot of shots, obviously, facing our goal. But I think he is probably going to be in a few big teams' radar, and I just hope that we are able to keep hold of him because he that guy is going to be a, a very good goalkeeper. And for $24 million, I want to say it was, at the moment, he's worth his weight in gold at the moment. Absolute bargain. Right, final note I've made was Calvert-Lewin, again, missed from a number of feet away, uh, what a player that bloke is going to be for England, isn't he? Yes, I think Everton are... He's a Man United player written on every minute. You can just tell Man United they're going to bid for him in the summer because Man United need a striker badly and how badly can... How how much can Everton keep hold of him? I think Calvert-Lewin is... You know, this season he's playing absolutely brilliant. And I think if Man United get into Europe and Everton don't, then... Man United will go knocking for Calvert Lewin, and although I think Calvert did he did is he a homegrown player or did he got did him from United when he in they paid one point five million for him in August two thousand and sixteen, so he uh, played eleven games for Sheffield United and didn't score a goal. So yeah, I think Manchester United, and I think he'll probably uh, go to the Euros this year because I think Kane. I can't unless they give Kane horse tranquilizers. Kane's going to miss out on the Euros, isn't he? <laughs> and then so is um, who's the Man United forwards? Um, Rashford. Rashford. He looks like he's going to miss out as well. So you're looking at Rash. Um, Calvert-Lewin definitely should make the squad like 100% and he could start. You never know him and Callum Wilson. I think all those players, all those English strikers must be looking at thinking if the main two strikers of England could possibly miss out this season, they've got a chance. I mean, like I said, I've I've got no doubt that they're going to give Kane every single drug and mm. uh, to make it back on time. And he probably will. Uh, and even if he plays one game, like at the end of the season, he's guaranteed to be in the squad in it because England are stupid like that. But people like Calvert Lewin and Callum Chambers and all those Callum Chambers, sorry, uh, Callum Wilson, um, definitely got a chance of getting into England squad. It'd be good to see. I think so. And yeah, and sorry as well. Like um, Stefan just said, Tammy Abraham as well. He's got a chance as well. Oh, to play who he is. It's a shame that he's playing for them scumbags. Um, right, league table. We are now up to ninth, which is good. We've a goal difference of plus three. I never thought I'd see the day. We have moved up two positions, and now if we um, if we win our next game, um, we will be we're only three points behind Spurs and three points behind Sheffield United, and we're uh, one goal difference behind Sheffield United and five behind Spurs. Do you think? top five could be on because I mean, I mean look Chelsea are only seven points ahead of us and they've they've only won two of the last six again so have we I but, do I, I I do think we could climb I mean I remember when Leicester won the league I remember being on week in week out with Chris and him saying oh they're not gonna last they're not gonna last they're gonna and I remember saying to Chris I think it must have been about um I think it's January I said 
Leicester are going to win the league. And he was like, don't be so stupid, Carl. Don't be so stupid. And I said, trust me, Chris, because no team can defend it. Like, they're so basic. as happening. Same with Sheffield United. And I'm give hats for, give props to Sheffield United. They're doing very, very brilliant. And I want to say, oh, Sheffield United are going to drop off. But the way they're playing, they're not. They've got one game a week, no European yeah. competition. Do you know what I mean? There's no chance of them dropping off. I think, you know, our next game is Olympiacos and hopefully we're going to beat them at home. We should do, right? Even uh, with a slender lead, we should definitely beat them at home. Man City away. Let's just write that game off right now, innit? Let's not even say, let's not even kid ourselves to think, oh yeah, you know, we never know. No, we're not going to win that game. Let's be very honest. Then we've got Portsmouth uh, FA Cup, which even though it's away, we should be beating Portsmouth away, shouldn't we? Like, irrespective. And then we've got a couple of games that we should really win. West Ham at home, we should win that. Brighton away. Oh. Pardon? Four in a row, we should win. I mean, for the next four. Yeah, I mean, Brighton away, we should win, but, you know, it's tricky. Southampton away, that is our bogey ground. Let's be honest. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's our stoke of modern day because I remember we have lost some stupid stupid games and I guarantee Shane Long hasn't scored for 15 <laughs> games Shane Long will get a goal against us I will guarantee we said the Crystal Palace preview he's, he's never going to score a goal again he hasn't scored in a year what did he do yeah I just, I just Shane Long will guarantee to get a goal against us because that's what he does. It just it seems weird. And then we've got Norwich at home, which we should win that. Uh, and then we've got a, a tough run of games. Wolves away, Leicester at home, Tottenham away, Liverpool at home. That is the four games when, mm. you Make know, it is, I think if we get six points out of those games, I, I would be happy. I'll be very honest with you, um, because that is a tough run of games. So I think we have to win the four or five games before those four games, uh, because that is, um, yeah, that is going to be very, very tough. And hopefully we can get a few people back from injury. Tyranny is coming back, which means we may be able to push Saka more up the pitch, which means that we can push maybe Aubameyang in the middle, Martellini, I think he's got an injury because he hasn't been in the squad for a little while, has he? So, I did look earlier today. We have eight players that were debatable, including Ozil and Ceballos and Bellerin. So, I think everyone's just been used carefully, which is which is something yeah. nice to see. So, yeah, I think um, our run of games is looking the next the next four or five winnable. After that, there you uh, go. Solo cars. Liverpool at home end their streak and build the Arteta statue. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? If we are the team to beat Liverpool, I, I I think we would be celebrating like we won the European Cup. I think, and people could say, "Oh, they've only been Liverpool," but I think we would be celebrating. Do you know what? Liverpool won the league. Could not give a fuck. You know what? I hate it, but what is whatever. I really don't want them to go unbeaten. Because at the moment, that's the only thing I'm holding on to. That's ours. No one else can say it. You know, Leicester won the league. We've won the league. You know, Liverpool have now won it. Okay, it is what it is. But no other team can say they've gone unbeaten in a whole season. And each in each Liverpool, every time I ask a Liverpool supporter, they're like, oh, we don't care about it. 
Yes, they fucking do. They really, really do. They anyone can say they're gonna whole season unbeaten is brilliant. And you know, it's down to, really and truly, you're looking now, it's down to either us or Man City. They've still got to play City away, haven't they? So yeah, they're just a juggernaut, Liverpool, and I fucking hate them. Dirty we will go all out because Arteta spent time at Man City. He he was played for Everton for quite a few years. He's one of their best players. He probably hates Liverpool as much as anyone else. It's one of the last games of the season. I'd say, right, we're playing Kalasnach, we're playing Xhaka, we're playing Torriero in the centre of midfield. Go and break someone. If we can stop them in the Champions League and stop them in the and stop them going unbeaten, I reckon it's worth a couple of red cards. Yeah, <laughs> right. I just don't want to go unbeaten. That's all I want. That's it. That's the important thing, right? There was a. Uh, there's been a few other questions that we didn't get to. I'll ask one more because Pete's been busy putting in lots of questions. He says, uh, "Stake your reputation on your answer. Will we finish fifth or better?" I say yes. I say, mm, do, you know what do it. Fuck. <laughs> fifth. fifth, no better than fifth. Right, there you go. That's that's all what we wanted to hear. Right, I need to say thank you very much to people who don't. I forgot to do this last show that I hosted. Um, the last show, Michael Hanneman, J Rob, and gave us some money, which is very kind of you. And this show again, J Rob, who hasn't been in the chat much. Maybe he just came in, threw some filthy euros at us, and then ran away. Gunner ninety three, Blair Slater, and Petito one hundred. Thank you very much, you very kind gooners, for stuffing money down our pants. Um, we've got someone to um, try to organise getting those shirts done. We've got ooh, millions of pounds in the ABW kitty. Nobody at the moment needs any new bits. So, yeah, we're a British mod, modding modding team. What what do you mod? wonder what they mod. Yes. Uh, oh, there you go, Pete, saying thank you. So um, I think that's everything covered. This, uh, oh, what day? Yeah, Tuesday's going to be a podcast. Hopefully, Someone will offer to say uh, one of the, uh, not the new people, but one of the others will go, I'll host the show on Tuesday because Jason did a really good job midweek, apart from doing that all the way, which fucking wound me up. But uh, yeah, it's really good for me as someone who is on nearly every single one of our podcasts to actually listen to a podcast and have no idea what's going on. I enjoyed that. Jeff was great. And who else was on there with him? Uh, Drew. Drew's, I mean, I could listen to Drew talk about football for hours just on his own. It's brilliant. Uh, oh, the British modding team says, I'm a mod on the video game called GTA 5. Yes, I've got that on three different console machines at the moment, but that's a different thing. Um, yeah, so this week, it'd be nice if one of you lot, I don't know who it's going to be, maybe, maybe try and persuade Chris to host a podcast and then he can get a couple of guests on and it can all be about the, the Farmers League. You'd love that, wouldn't you, Carl? No. <laughs> okay now have, have you seen i did watch a clip of the farmers league okay i'm just gonna these are the views of carl walker and not abw let me just say this so they probably um, um i didn't realize that they have female referees refereeing the men's uh game in france and Yes, and today there was the dirtiest foul you have ever seen in your whole entire life. Some guy literally clotheslined someone <laughs> and she gave a yellow card, but she overturned it and gave him a red because it was a dirty, dirty foul. And um, Danny, can I just really quickly, really, really quickly. So you're the one that needs to go. I've got all day. I don't have a life. Oh, I just want to talk about VAR quickly. We're gonna, I want to cover it on the pod. Um, whoever does the pod, I want to cover it there and there because I don't want to talk about yeah, cool. it. Did that? Did you watch? Was you up early enough to watch uh, the Spurs and no. the other game? Did no. you see the foul? No. 
okay, so there was a, a really, really bad foul by the uh, Salso on a Chelsea player, and it was a red, it was a red card. Danny, it was a hundred percent red card. Was Every that single person the where he kicked him in the balls. No, no, that was against Man United. That was um, that's flathead. Yeah, but there, was a, that. there was a really, there was a really, really bad foul, like really bad foul, and um, they went to VAR and VAR said no, it's not. And everyone was like, "Are you stupid?" Like it was a Danny's really. If you can watch it, if you can find it, it's a match of the day. I've not watched much yeah, of that yet. I don't Lesel's, really watch it, but Lascelles so foul. And then about ten minutes later, they come out and said, "Oh, by the way, it should have been a red card. We made a mistake." Now, if Lascelles had gone on to score the winning goal, what would that have done? Well, like, much like I mean, Slapped, he went on yeah, to score the goal. Yeah, Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea went on to win the game. It is what it is. I don't give a fuck about Chelsea. Fuck them. However, like, and that what they said. It wasn't VAR. It was human error. Now, I really want to, whoever covers it, I really want them to cover this in the pod. I don't really want to talk about it now. But I just think that, are you a fan of VAR? It's the podcast, and you could pick your own guests and topics. You know what I mean. You could do. I, I might come, yeah, I might come on Tuesday, actually. But, um, yeah. Being charged, you, not come on, be in charge. Yeah. But are you a fan of VAR? Oh my fuck! It's ruining our, the whole point of football. Is it is isn't a precise art? I like the did it go out? Didn't it? They've when you get occasions like the Man United game where the ball went over the line, he fish hooked it out from back of the net, and it didn't count as a goal. That's what it should be used for. But all this other bullshit, get to fuck. I don't want any of it. I do not want technology as any part. But the the bit in the ball, the the sensor in the ball. That is okay. Other than hmm. that, I want fuck all VAR because it doesn't work. It's different from competition to competition. It's different from country to country. And how the fuck can you have VAR? If your stadium's got VAR, you, it's, it's allowed in the FA Cup. If your stadium doesn't, we don't have to have it. Utter bullshit. Fuck it off. Good. Right. I am definitely going to be on Tuesday because I really want to talk about it. I want to Simon. I'm going to get Simon. Uncle Simon's a... I think he's a, not a good advocate for it either. Anyway, Danny, close the show. Yeah. <laughs> right thank you very much to everybody who has joined us today thank you very much to the pirate who who has uh he's gone off with the, with the slightest whiff of booty and he's actually that sounds like john doesn't it <laughs> hopefully, hopefully john will be back soon he's uh waiting he's fixed his computer three times and there's the same bit keeps blowing and uh maybe jace might join you you and jace midweek on a podcast imagine that oh, oh no. i won't be able to get a word in edgeways yeah but jason yeah but jason yeah but jason, yeah, but jason. Oh, God, that's why mute is your friend you can mute him and not tell him <laughs> oh, uh, thank, is yes uh thank you so much to everybody who donated everybody who's been here and uh another really good game that as people have been pointed out arsenal were undefeated in 2020 it's only us liverpool and i think was it by i think Bayern munich are the other one as well who nearly lost at the weekend that's mainland Europe. Also, congratulations to Lucas Podolski. If only Mems was here, he'd tell me how to pronounce the team that he plays for. It's something like Antiaspol. He scored. He came on, scored within three minutes. Fantastic. Mkhitaryan scored. And uh, I haven't checked the rest of our players. But, yeah, fantastic. Things are looking up in the world of being an Arsenal fan. Carl, say goodnight. Good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.